Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable. And save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. That's 800-405-2561. You're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown. Now, my co-host, Bruce McGowan, is off today, but we are expecting to have a special guest. And this will be former, former NFL player Burgess Owen. And for those of you not familiar with uh, Burgess, he was a first-round draft chick pick in the uh, 1973 uh, round with the Jets. And during his rookie season, he returned a kickoff 82 yards for a touchdown against the Denver Broncos. And it, this was the Jets' only TD scored on a kickoff return during the 1970s. Kind of amazing. He then uh, became a continuous starting player for the Jets, and then was part. He was traded to the Raiders and won a Super Bowl ring uh, in 1980. That would be against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so anyway, there's a lot of great stuff that uh, Burgess Owen is uh, Owens is going to want to um, share with us. And this segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding over seven and a half, secured by Bay Area real estate, as well as uh, the rest of California and a couple of properties outside of California. Doesn't get any more conservative than that. You got to check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. In fact, the average loan to value in the fund that they have is less than 60%. That's pretty conservative. So again, you want to check out PacificPrivateMoney.com. And at each commercial break, we're going to ask a sports trivia question. And you should email the answers to Edward at Sports Econ 101. We're going to see if you know uh, various uh, sports trivia. One has to do with uh, Yankees. One has to do with running. And uh, one's just a basic question about uh, major sports. So, again, when we come back, we're expecting to have Burgess Owens come on. Uh, it's actually his real name is Clarence Burgess Owens, but he goes by Burgess Owens. It'll be really interesting to hear what he's done after football because he's uh, quite a motivational speaker and has written some books. It'll be very, very interesting. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back. This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? 
Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. The backyard's looking great, Rob. Thanks, man. I was planning on adding a deck, too. Know any good contractors? Why don't you just ask HomeAdvisor? Home what? HomeAdvisor.com. You just tell them about your project, and they match you with local pros that can do the job. Nice. Now, how much does it cost? Oh, HomeAdvisor's totally free to use. Plus, you can read customer reviews, check pricing, and book appointments for free. What's the website again? HomeAdvisor.com. Or just download the free HomeAdvisor app. HomeAdvisor. Celebrate summer with vineyards, wine, food trucks, and award-winning performances at Broadway Under the Stars in Jack London State Park. Produced by Transcendence Theatre Company, Broadway Under the Stars has wowed audiences for the last six years in Sonoma Valley. Experience what USA Today named as one of the top outdoor concert venues in America you shouldn't miss. Reserve tickets now to Broadway Under the Stars and make it a romantic date, a girls' night out, or a festive family outing. You'll experience world-class wine and picnicking. While Broadway performers from shows such as Wicked, Mamma Mia, and the Book of Mormon thrill you with song and dance under the stars in Sonoma's Valley of the Moon. Don't miss this award-winning wine country tradition. Experience Broadway under the stars this summer in Sonoma's Jack London Park. Reserve your tickets now at bestnightever.org. That's bestnightever.org. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, and our uh, co-host, uh, Bruce McGowan, is off today. But on the phone, we have former NFL player Burgess Owens. Uh, Burgess, welcome to Sports Econ 101. Edward, looking forward to chatting with you, and uh, I can't, can't wait to, to touch some of these uh, topics that uh, I'm sure we'll find your audience will find very interesting, for sure. Uh, all right. So um, first, for the audience who doesn't know you, go back actually to the, the beginning, you know, how you grew up, because kind of, I think that sounds like, you know, just talking to you for a little bit off air, that kind of gave you a formation, <clears throat> excuse me, of, uh, of going forward. So, uh, you know, wh- where did you grow up and that sort of thing? Okay. And, and I think message, and I have a book that I came out with a couple years ago called Liberalism, or How to Turn Good Men into Winers, Winnies, and Wimps, and I have another one coming out this, this October called Why I Stand, From okay. Freedom to this Killing Field with Socialism. Okay. And all, all of the, the message in both kind of come down to, to one thing. First of all, that we live in a country that has given every single culture that's come here, whether we 
came here through slavery or came here voluntarily, we've all had a chance to experience the American way, which is basically the opportunity to dream big, to hope, to hope, and to go for things, to risk. Uh, so my my background is one in which I was taught pride in our country, pride of my race. I was taught about success. For instance, uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but the 40s and 50s and 60s, it was the black community that led our country in terms of the growth of the middle class. That over 40% huh. of the black Americans were part of the black middle class. Okay. Led our country in terms of the commitment to uh, a marriage, over 70%. Uh, in terms of commitment to ed- uh, entrepreneurship, over 40%. Um, hmm. And, of course, education. So we were doing what every other community, culture that, that comes here does. We were accepting the fact that we had to make it make it happen. Um, unfortunately, we've allowed um, an ideology to slip into our community and change that. So my, my goal, very simply, is to, to allow Americans, black and white, to know a little bit more about history and realize what we've done together. And if we understand that, then we will not allow the, the leftists to divide us. Now, am I talking to Burgess am I, am I talking to Burgess Owens or am I talking to Martin Luther King right now? <laughs> I mean, because it sounds uh, very similar. <laughs> Well, you know, and, and this is the thing, um, you know, we, we stand as a country that's so unique. Uh, and, and for those who understand our history, there's something, by the way, back in 1800 called Marx. Uh, Marx, the, the, the beginner of Marxism and, the, uh, uh, and communism, uh, made a statement. He said that the first battleground is rewriting our history. And yeah. what we've allowed the, the progressives to do within our educational system is change and delete a lot of our history. One of the one of the point was just something that this this to kind of highlight why our history is so important. In 1905, 40 years after the end of slavery, 1905, there was a, there was a college called Tuskegee University, mm-hmm. yep. started by Booker Washington in Alabama, Tuskegee, Alabama, and at the time it led it had it was producing more self-made millionaires than Princeton, Yale, and Harvard combined. Really, 1905. So now, if we, if we understood that and understood all the other facts that we don't know about, the success we had during that period, it, 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 it negates the message that so many of the left are telling us now, that we went from slavery to oppression to freedom filed in 1960. We realized that we were just like every other race. We're out there making things happen, very proud of who we were and very proud of our nation. We have to get back to that. And once we do, then we can overcome all this resistance. Well, well, you know, it reminds me, someone once told me, I think it's true, you know you know what the job of a congressman is? Is to get reelected. So, yeah. it, you know, if you, if you just sort of make these rules to try to get as many votes as you can, like, you know, uh, all people who are left-handed uh, are, you know, is now deemed illegal, let's say, uh, but it gets you a lot of votes, well, that then suddenly that's their platform. So it's not really for the good of the country. It's just good for you know for them individually. Now it's 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 getting a little bit political, and that that's okay. Uh, I want to back up for just a minute because we, we we are a sports econ show. So I want to get back. Like uh, you grew up in the uh, in the deep south, didn't you? I did. I grew up deep south uh, in the segregated Tallahassee, Florida. I was actually uh, for those who remember the movie, remember the tight yes. high school experience. So I was one of four athletes that integrated. This uh, uh, all-white school. I went to the University of Miami, where I was the third uh, Black American to um, uh, to get a scholarship there. Uh, this is again uh, back before uh, the, the, the big change. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, at that time, University of Miami led the entire South in terms of recruitment for Black. So we've come a long way. And, mm-hmm. and if I could just say this, that yeah. is indicative of our nation. You know, what I love about my history, uh, Edward, yeah. is I can look back over 50 years and see how far we've come. And recognize that is what Americans do. 
we continue to try to find our better self if given an opportunity. Sports just has to be one of the ways that is so obvious it's between sports and military. What we understand while we're on that field or in battle, yeah. could care less about color, about religion. We just want to win and want to know that our guy has our back. Okay, and, and so when you were one of the f- uh, first few blacks to go to the University of Miami, uh, you know, on scholarship and, and play football there, uh, how were you received by your teammates? Uh, it was it was a good experience. I mean, it was it was during an era where a lot of us were trying to figure out what we said. I mean, I was yeah. I was a, a young black man who was coming from Tallahassee, had never spent any time around white people. There were a lot of white people who were down there had never spent time about, about black. So it was a time of, of readjustment, of realignment, of, of changing our thoughts. It was the first time I was, I was just sharing this with a friend of mine last night uh, in University of Miami. I went there and I was totally shocked that all white people didn't like each other. I mean, <laughs> there was Jews, there was Gentiles. I said, wait, wait a minute. I thought they were all, you know, they were all of one accord. Yeah. But those are the things you find out when you get, get around people, that we all have the same issues. Well, you know, it's funny <laughs> because I'll bet there are a lot of white people who think that all blacks have the same accord. Exactly. Right? And that's not the case. Obviously, it's not the case. And in fact, you mentioned Remember the Titans, which is um, coincidentally one of my favorite movies. Um, and that was the 1971 uh, high school football team. And you were born in 1951, weren't you? What? Uh-huh. That's okay. Right. So uh, you would have been a little bit older than those guys. Uh, but again, uh, the, the, the era of what was going on there uh, it sounds like you really did experience very similar to what they did. It is, and, and I, I kind of—I grew up in an era again, uh, the Martin Luther King era. I was in the seventh yeah. grade. Uh, I remember uh, demonstrating in front of the Florida State Theater because we, it was a theater we could not go into. Yeah. And uh, uh, my experiences—I I can't say enough. I'm so so blessed to have been raised in that era because I saw what it was to be around very proud, productive, uh, competitive people. Uh, the the idea and the, the the narrative of black the black community today is so different yeah. from what I grew up in, and that's what I, I know what we're, what we're capable of doing if uh, if allowed uh, if we if we understand our history and not not being pushed into being a victim. So again, I look at I look at all sports, uh-huh. every sport you can possibly in, no matter how far you take it, is a great training ground to how we can make our country great because we get around, we begin to look at each other from inside out, not outside in, because it. That view allows us to win wherever we are, and that's what we get back to for sure. Wow. Okay, and then uh, we're going to cut to a break pretty soon, and when we come back, uh, I do want to talk about you know the the fact because a lot of people, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people probably are not as familiar with your name as they are with some others, and yet uh, the thing is, from a, a, a football standpoint, you really were a standout. And uh, I was going to say, unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, they just don't know about the players who, you know, everybody knows about Tom Brady and stuff like that, but there are a lot of people who are not familiar with the people who are a little bit older. And yet I, I want to go through some of the highlights because you, you actually had quite a, a nice career in college and in professional football and, and winning a, a Super Bowl ring. Uh, and then we obviously want to continue on with, like, what you're doing now with regard to motivational speaking and, uh, you know, talking about uh, our roots and uh, and it's kind of interesting because uh, I don't know how many black people are Mormons, but you're one of them. And so I thought it was kind of interesting to hear about uh, that that contrast, too. All right. So we're going to go to our first commercial break uh, trivia question. And the question is, why was New York Yankees player Dave Winfield arrested on April 4th, 1983? That's our trivia question. Kind of kind of kind of an odd question, but um 
uh, email edward at sportsecon101.com. We'll see if you know the answer to this one. It's kind of kind of a very odd uh, situation for uh, Dave Winfield back on April 4th, 1983, and it has something to do with sports, which is, again, why we were mentioning Dave Winfield. Uh, so why? here's a question. Why was New York Yankees player Dave Winfield arrested on April 4th, 1983? Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be right back with our special guest, Burgess Owens. Results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. They can take your property, take you to court, even put you in jail. One call to Wall and Associates and your tax problems are solved. Wall has saved clients over $150 million in the last five years. Our average client settles for about 10% of what is owed. With one call to Wall, you'll never need to talk to the IRS again. We offer free face-to-face consultations in your local area. Remember, Wall has a proven track record with a total client savings over $150 million. Call now for your free face-to-face consultation. 800-813-9940. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. 2313. That's 800 222 2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warren Tech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. Or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003, 800-485-6003, 800-485-6003, 800-485-6003. Call right now. That number is 
Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here. Bruce McGowan is off today. We have a special guest, Burgess Owens. But before we get back to Burgess, I want to ask this trick, uh, this trick, <laughs> this trivia question. Why was New York Yankees player Dave Winfield arrested on April 4th, 1983? And Burgess, do you remember that uh, incident? I remember Dave Winfield very well, but I have, I have no idea what, what happened. He, well, apparently he, he hit a seagull with a baseball. I guess he was trying to scare the the uh, seagull. He hit it, huh. and uh, and the and the seagull. I think he died, and uh, and he got got arrested for cruelty to animals. The charges were eventually dropped, but uh, oh. yeah. <laughs> and I think, wow. I, and if you remember, Randy Johnson, that was by accident uh, twice. Actually, he was just throwing a pitch to home plate, and a seagull just happened to fly in the middle and got obliterated. Um, but uh, specifically, Dave was trying to throw at the seagull, and so uh, it, it got captured. It hit <laughs> yeah, it hit him, yeah. You don't hear that any place else. That's the only time I think in the history of sports you'll ever find that, that happening. Pro- probably, yeah. Uh, you know, next time I go hunting for birds, I'm going to take D- Dave Winfield and a baseball with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on the phone, uh, he's not in the studio because he's about 3,000 miles away. Uh, we have former NFL player Burgess Owens with us, and it's really interesting because uh, we were just talking off air a little bit how Burgess was not just your typical football player. And why is that? Well, tell us what you got your degree in in uh, college. I was, uh, my, my major was, was uh, biology, uh, marine biology. My minor was chemistry. And uh, that was one of the reasons I went to the University of Miami. Uh, and uh, it, was a, it was a great experience. It was lived in the library. It was a natural. Lived in the library to make it work. And that, those are not the kind of classes you can just kind of like skip three of them and they just pass you, right? <laughs> That's pretty amazing. I mean, because the thing is, I, I've, I've had other you know friends who are uh, football players and, and the amount, and especially going to the University of Miami, I mean, that's a, that's a tough football program to begin with. I mean, you're, you're practicing, you know, how many hours a day, right? Yeah. And then well, trying to – go ahead. Well, you know, if I, if I just add this. Yeah, please. Because, again, we talked about – the era that I grew up in, and, and a lot of this was uh, uh, expectations. Uh, I grew up in a family. My dad uh, came out of the war and got his Ph.D. at Ohio State in agriculture. Oh. My uncle got his Ph.D. in, in, in economics at, at Ohio State. Wow. And uh, it, was that, it was that era in which yeah. the community expected you not only to just perform, but if you were thought you couldn't do it, if you were told you couldn't do it, and that's actually the, the hit on the black community during those days that we weren't smart enough to yeah. do think. The way we went at it, we didn't sit back and whine about it. We just we were taught to work harder, to, to go at it harder, and to make it happen. I mean, it was almost like a motivator in a way. It, 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 you use negative motivation to succeed, and all yeah. of us have had those opportunities. We just need to understand there's a great a great thing when people sometimes don't believe me. I love being an underdog. Yeah, didn't didn't I, um, uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, I mean, he came, he came from a very poor background. I think his grandparents raised him. Uh, but, you yeah. know, went through law school and all that. So that's the thing is, you know, it, I don't know how many people can really have that. Of course, now, listen, me being white, I, you know, yes, it's totally different. I don't live in that in that era or, you know, the, you know I don't live as a black person. But, you know, I, I think nowadays there's so much opportunity. It's just a matter of whether you grasp onto it. Wouldn't well, you agree? What, what I understand is this through time. Every one of us, it doesn't matter what color we are, what religion, what our culture is, we all have the same experiences. We all know what it is to be to, to go through defeat, betrayal, disappointment. Yeah. I mean, we all go through it, and, and we know what it is to risk. I mean, I can say this not not knowing what you're going through, but to, to do the show you're doing. Yeah. I know it's taking a lot of risk. Uh, you probably have some setbacks. You've had some long nights and hard days, 
that's what it takes to win, and that's across the board. So it's not a black, white, uh, Christian, Jew. It's, yeah. it's about opportunity and the process. We all have to go through the win. Well, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, you mentioned we, we get over. It. Well, you mentioned Jew, right? So uh, I I was brought up Jewish. I was brought up in a Jewish household. And in in my class, I think there was only one other Jewish person, and in the school, there might have been only like five or ten. It just you know, I was brought up in a very uh, Catholicism type of neighborhood and everything, and it was. Uh, I mean, even I in, in in here in San Rafael, California, of all places, kind of experienced some discrimination. It was really kind of interesting. I, I couldn't understand why. I just looked at me as just a, a regular person. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and that's, I understand that's America. America is a place of assimilation, but it's also a place where we are. We've come from so many different backgrounds, and the, the initial process of finding out who we are is always going to be that sense, that system or of rejection, whether it be Jewish, Black, Hispanic, Irish. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's just how do we handle it? And, and I would say, I, yeah. I would say, every single culture, every single race that's accepted that American way is about opportunity of pride in self, pride in culture, educating and, and make sure this next generation is, is improving. Everyone that does that improves. And uh, that's just the American way. So let me ask and you we then. We the... look at each other as these symbols. We look at each other as Americans. So that's what it's all about. Okay, so for the people who don't, uh, and, and it's funny because I was just thinking about this out loud. It's not just a, a, a black thing or a Hispanic thing. I know a lot of white people where, they just don't want to strive for excellence. They decide they're just going to either whine about things or, well, it's interesting because you did, what was the, what was the name of the book that you wrote? Oh, it was <laughs> How to Turn Good Men into Waters, Weenies, and Whips. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a pretty powerful uh, statement, but, you know, I, I, and I, unfortunately I haven't read the book yet, but I'm sure that there's a lot of things in there that point directly to all the things that you've mentioned before. <laughs> well, well, you know, Edward, uh, it comes down to this, uh, people are people, and, and this is why we have, have to understand uh, that we go across the, across the board. You know, why, why is it that things like racism will never, ever be defeated? Because it's black and white who decide they want to be racist, and it's like they can't change their minds. But as a country, yeah. we've decided as a country to be very uh, accepting, uh, uh, very uh, very much into looking at each other inside out and not outside in. That is the American way, and that's why every single generation it doesn't matter. We always seem to get better and better at, at accepting each other and our differences because we believe in that concept. We just have to continue to fight to do so because we have we have those who don't want it to, to, to be in that uh, in that accepting mode. Well, you know, you know, it's interesting. You'll get a kick out of this. So when Obama first ran for president, I think it was the first time he ran for president. And uh, and I did. And the thing is, where I grow up, where, where I live now is extremely liberal, extremely Democrat. Um, and uh, and so when I would talk to people and they, you know, they'd say, what, you didn't vote for Obama? What are you, racist? And I would say, yeah. actually, I voted for the other black guy. I voted for Alan Keyes. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, there you go. It's it's a people thing. It's not a race thing. It is a people thing. And, and, uh, and to that point, I, I've been a conservative. Uh, a little bit after I left the NFL, I went from being um, a very liberal Democrat to a very conservative uh, Republican. I would say conservative more than anything else. Well, okay, wait, so, so now, I, I, how did that, wh- I, what changed? Well, what changed, when I left NFL, I had a chance to get, out, get into business. Okay. Uh, I had a chance to see that, uh, and I failed miserably. I went bankrupt within seven years. So I ended up, huh. seven years after NFL, and I talked about this in my book, uh, I, was, I, I did it for a few months because I was willing to do anything to took. I was a chimney sweep for a few months. I, 
I uh, was I did the security thing for a, a couple a couple of weeks. Okay. And I was taught to do whatever you need to do to provide for your family. Yeah. And I also learned a lesson. I remember a specific night listening to some gunfire outside. I'm so thankful that I'm not like my neighbor. I know this is temporary. I know that I can, I'm going to bounce back. I know this will be a great life lesson, and it was all of that. Good for you. This country is a country of second chances, yeah. uh, and and that's what I learned, and, and, I, and I, I would employ everyone that's listening to recognize that that's what makes our country great. We have second chances, and uh, so just continue to, to allow people to have those. Uh, and we, we'll be in good shape. Okay, so you, you had success in the NFL, uh, winning a Super Bowl uh, with the Oakland Raiders against the Philadelphia Eagles in 1980. I remember it well. Uh, you made, you know, I mean, you, you, you really kind of made a name for yourself then. Uh, you played, I think, uh, just a few more years, and then you retired. Uh, so, what did you do right after football? And then, you know, what okay. what what created your success eventually? Well, what what I did is I uh, I was an entrepreneur. When I left the game, it was actually one of my better seasons. I was an alternate all pro that year. Left the team interception, but I decided it was time for me to move on after ten years. And so I began a business. And like normal business owners uh, who had uh, income and fame and all, I was very cocky. Figured I could make it happen. Just worked real hard, and seven years later, I realized that's not the way it works. So. Uh, it's a very humbling process. Uh, I, from, so from business ownership and winning the corporate sales, and I, I, I did that for a while. My last company, I was a, a, a regional manager for, for Motorola uh, before that sprint. And, uh, and now I'm working, I'm working with, uh, with youngsters. Uh, I, I've always believed that there are youth in our country that need a second chance. And there's a, uh, within the correctional, juvenile correctional system, we have young people who have not, not gone with fathers. 85% of them have not had dads. They have no idea what is to be successful. Yeah. You need to have a second chance that when they come out, they don't go back in. So that's been my mission. I'm very excited about it. Uh, I think we can make a difference, uh, not only in the black community, but across the board with youth to let them know that they really are special enough to, uh, to learn how to man up, in the case of our young men, and be productive, uh, uh, proud citizens of our country. And not uh, not the victims, and not putting down opportunities like so many of them are being taught today. Yeah, and and as you know, I have always said that you know motherhood is the most important job out there. Uh, but the thing is, you gotta also have a father figure in there to to, to teach the other side of things. You know, the mothers, yeah. generally speaking, are going to be really good nurturers, and then you know the fathers really teach the the, the boys how to be men. I, well, I that's, totally that's, that's so important. And what you just said highlights everything. It, what we're fighting for in our country is just that. So first of all, the most important uh, ingredient to a successful country is motherhood. Yeah. That's the fabric. Uh, they, they have an unbelievable, unconditional love that we can't even come close to understanding. Exactly. Yeah. What, is it, what is important for manhood? To make sure we respect, protect, and edify womanhood. If we do that and that teach our young men what it is to respect and edify and, and protect womanhood, and they'll grow up to be the kind of men that we can be very proud of, and, and they'll they'll encourage their their uh, their their counterparts to be not only equal, and uh, and and they're producing their their next generation, but they can respect each other. Uh, so that's that's totally, what we look forward to. Totally agree. Yeah. Stay stay with us. We got one more commercial break here. Uh, here's the question: Roughly, how long did Roger Bannister hold the world record in the mile? Remember, he was the guy who set the world record in the mile. Uh, don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be right back.
I weighed 329 pounds. I was a heart attack waiting to happen. I got Andro 400. It makes me not so hungry. I started noticing more energy. I noticed my belly was starting to shrink up. I started seeing weight come off. 80-some pounds. I went from 330 to 245. For a 56-year-old guy to lose that much weight, it took something, brother. I feel great. I feel like I was when I was 35 years old. That was Ruben. Now listen to what Josh says about Andro 400. Well, I'll tell you, man, that stuff really works. It was insane. I've heard the commercials walk for a decade. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to try it. My pants are like falling off. It really works. I bought suits last year for my new job, and they're falling off of me. It's insane. Guys, if you want to lose belly fat, gain energy, strength, and muscle, and look and feel years younger, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435. That's 888-400-0435. andro400.com. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host. Actually, not last time. We have one small segment left, but this is the uh, uh, one of the last segments here. Um, Edward Brown, your host. Uh, my special guest is Burgess Owens. And uh, here is trivia question number two. Roughly, how long did Roger Bannister hold the world record in the mile? And if you remember, he broke the four-minute mile. Any idea? Of course, so I'm going to guess 50 years. You know, you ready? You ready for this? Forty-six days, and his rival oh. John Landry broke it. Just forty-six days oh. later, isn't that funny? <laughs> oh, so, so why is Roger Bannister the main? It's amazing. I, I know, and if I remember correctly, uh, and I think the, the movie was uh, made about this, that he okay. they, they were really concerned that you know the the heart could not handle uh, taking uh, you know running in less than four minutes. You know. Wow. <laughs> So, so, once, so once it was broken, that record, then it was, it was 
obviously could be better yet. Something exactly. And and to me, it's it's a uh, uh, for me, it's a miles a marathon, not a uh, not a sprint. <laughs> <laughs> kind of shows you how how much of a runner I am. Yeah, I'm more I'm more into lifting weights like Arnold, but I don't look anywhere anything close to Arnold, <laughs> the governator. Um, yeah. So anyway, we uh, we are uh, on the phone with uh, Burgess Owens, who played for the University of Miami um, as a defensive back, if I remember correctly, and uh, then played with the Jets and with uh, the NFL. Um, excuse me, with the uh, Oakland Raiders, winning a Super Bowl. Uh, first of all, what was it like getting traded? Because you were very, very good as a rookie. In fact, you know, you set some records and got rookie of the year and all that stuff. And then, what was it like to get traded to the Raiders? You know, what was the feeling well, inside? That, that's a good question. And I, I was going to make a point earlier for those who are listening now that do not have gray hair yet. I played the Raiders back when they used to win football games. They were <laughs> a very, very capable, very. Uh, respected uh, culture. It was, it was a culture that kind of reminded me of the American way. You know, guys who were too rebellious, they're too old, they're too too much trouble in other teams, but it's just right in with the Raiders. Yeah. You know, Lyle Alzado is the first person yeah. I think of. <laughs> exactly. Lyle Alzado. John Matuzak. Oh, I love that guy. <laughs> yeah. But Al, Al's thing was just win, baby. Yeah. And, and that's the theme of our country. Uh, Edward, if I could say anything that Please. makes our country so neat, yeah. You know, we have a lot of things we got to go up against. We don't always get along like we want to, but but when it comes down to to our American way, we just have this idea: this win, baby. This figure out where to get done. And uh, so that's what the Raiders were, and it was a great opportunity for me. Uh, after playing for so many years of high school and University of Miami, when we weren't winning, the Jets when they weren't winning, yeah, great to be with a team that finally got to the top and uh, underdogs the entire way. And it was a great experience, to say the least, to get to the, to the top. Well, you know, it's interesting. that On Monday, I just happened to play in the Joe Morgan golf tournament, and they had some uh, former Raiders there, uh, Jeff Barnes. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I forget. Yeah. And, oh, boy, he is such a hoot. I'll tell you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he was so funny. So funny. And, uh, you know, then they had some of the older guys like Raymond Chester and uh, yep. and some other Amen. people. It, it was it was actually a lot of fun. Um, I got to say, these guys well, were just great. Well, I had a chance uh, about three years ago. I, I came back for a few games. And it's just something kind of neat about uh, an organization that that won like the Al Davis organization. They would just get together, have a great time together, and there's a commitment in it. And you can't find it anyplace else. So, those are good guys, and I was just just so so thankful to be blessed to have played with them that during that era. So, do, do you keep in contact with any of them anymore? <laughs> not not really. We we, we get together uh, when the Raiders kind of pull things together. When Al Davis passed away, and yeah. pulled all the guys together for that. Um, um, Gene Upshaw, uh, yeah. when he passed away, they pulled together some of the guys. So occasionally, Raiders do that. But other than that, everybody kind of goes on and lives their lives. And, you yeah. know, and maybe on Christmas, I, I might shoot out a, a text to. Guys like uh, Cliff Branch, yep. you know, Raymond Chester, uh, Mike Davis. So, so, but but other than that, everybody moves on and and, and deals with life. The yeah, life goes. Well, it's funny. Cliff so, Branch. Cliff Branch was at the uh, tournament also. Oh yeah, right. yeah. I guess. Well, the thing is, you were too far away to to, to, to come all the way to California. I guess. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, so was, was this something in the Oakland area? Down yeah, there? yeah. Joe Morgan. Uh, he was doing the uh, myeloid leukemia uh, cancer research, and in conjunction with Summit Bank, and uh, and so you know, I they, I kind of knew about Summit Bank. Did some business with them. <clears throat> they knew I had the sports show, so they actually asked it asked me. 
uh, not only to play in the tournament, but uh, I also got to uh, do a bunch of interviews. So, um, oh. yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of fun. They're gonna they're gonna come out. Um, I believe it's the August 11th uh, Sports Econ 101 show. Uh, we're put we were compiling all of the uh, interviews. You know, Tony Larusa and Vita Blue, and you know, because it was a mixture wow. of sports. Yeah. So it was a lot, it was it was just Same. a lot of fun. Those are some of the great names in the past. Like, oh yeah, no, Ooh. these guys are these guys are great. It was kind of interesting, uh, you know, talk like uh, about you know instant replay and and some other stuff. In fact, I was going to ask you, uh, you know, what your opinion about uh, you know the Raiders going to to Vegas. What. <laughs> I'm of the old school initially that wanted the Raiders to stay in Oakland because of the just the connection. But I spent that time about three or four years ago, a lot of time there, and I realized that that era has come and gone. First of all, the uh, stadium is as old as the yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, it was old when I played, and that's 30 years ago. Yeah. So, so they, they, need, they need to leave there, and it's just not the environment. And where they're going, that town, Las Vegas, are treat them so well. It's going to be a great experience. There'll be guys who want to play there just because of the experience of Vegas. Uh, I know they're going to have a lot more fans. People, I'm in Salt Lake City now. It's home for me. Oh, okay. A lot of folks from here, uh, you know, will be taking that trip and become Raider fans. So I think it's going to be the greatest uh, little transition for the Raiders. All they have to do now is uh, is with Chucky, you know, the coach, yeah. is start winning. They start winning again, and it could be uh, just a great experience again for for Raider fans who've been hanging in all these years trying to wait for uh, to that to happen again. Well, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it's one of the, the Raiders are one of those teams that they just have se- seem to have fans all over the place. So I yes. think uh, the Vegas will definitely embrace them, and uh, I think there are going to be a lot of people flying in for the, like you said, from Salt Lake City. Uh, you, you know, they'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll have a lot of gamblers coming in. Um, in fact, I, I remember a friend of mine, yeah. a friend of mine was a big gambler, and we went to uh, where did we go? We, I think we, oh, we were in Vegas. Or Reno? No, we were in Reno, and they flew him down to San Francisco for the game, and then flew him back up to Reno to gamble. And I was like, "He's a big gambler." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And on the private jet, and I'm going. That's an investment. Yeah, yeah. So I, I could. I have an investment there. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. So I could see that happening. Um, you know, for Vegas, you know, again, big gamblers. They'll they'll fly him in from all over to to see a football game. Um, you know. Obviously, it'll depend well, you know, on who you, you think about Vegas, first of all, the stadium, I can imagine, they're going to put a big, a big bucks. They, they do it big day anyway. Yeah, just, oh, yeah, for sure. They now will have, instead of people leaving on Sunday to go home, you have people staying on Sunday. That's another day of, of, of generating revenue. Uh, I w- I'm going to predict that there's going to be some, some old uh, Charger fans that didn't like the fact they moved from San Diego to, to L.A. Oh, yeah. Might be some Raider fans. I mean, yeah. and you're right. Once That's a culture there. Once people become Raider fans, it's kind of a unique group of people they they are uh, a lot of fun and it's kind of like the culture that's, that's kind of neat to be part of you know you made a very very good point that uh we've talked about the raiders going to vegas before but i don't think anybody brought up the point that you just made which is uh, yeah sunday's typically the day to go fly home like you know you catch the morning flight and this is something that'll keep them in there for you know another five six hours probably you know and i'll tell you edward they're going to have people coming literally because i know what how to read it i spent that one year and I see how unique the Raider fans are. You have people coming in from Ireland, England. Uh, I mean, you <laughs> cross around the world to Vegas just to see a game. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> show amazing. Show up and hang out for a few days. So it's going to be a good thing for, I think, for both the, the organization and for and for the uh, for the town for sure. And, and are they making it like a dome? I mean, they're going to enclose it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I mean, if they don't, then would, they, would, they can't have any games in August or September. That would just be a killer. Yeah, I, I, I would think. They kind of, you know, they're putting billions of dollars to this thing, I think over a billion dollars. So I would imagine 
Yeah. It's very, very comfortable. And yeah. very, uh, uh, you know, throughout the seasons, whenever people want to come and utilize it. Uh, so I, I, I would, you know, I'm going to guess it would be maybe even retractable, but yeah. I, have, I have no idea right now. It's going to be first class. I can guarantee you that. You know, a couple of the guys who I was uh, playing golf with, uh, Mel Gray from the St. Louis Cardinals from, from years gone oh, by. Sure. Yeah, my goodness. Yeah, and Al, yeah, Al Andrews. These old, these old names are, I know. Man. Yeah. For sure. Mel Gray, sure. sure. Well, they were talking about how <laughs> the equipment weighed, and I don't know if it still weighs it, but probably lighter now, but they said it weighed 25 pounds. I got to think it's be, it's lighter now with the, the, the technology. Yeah, I I, uh, I I still have my old leader helmet. Ah. Um, yeah, it, it can be pretty heavy. They they have they have tweaked it. The technology today is, is definitely um, uh, much better to take this impact on what's going on. These guys are so much faster, stronger. They have to make sure the equipment can at least uh, you know come up to par as much as they can. And uh, it's just again, it's the nature of what it is. Now, see, I appreciate your your humility with regard to their their players are faster and stronger. You know, I, they've changed the game so that you, you can't do the sort of tackles that uh, you know used to happen Dick Butkus's day and that sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah. but the reality is, uh, and we you know it's just a physics thing. I mean, guys are bigger and stronger, but uh, you know your ankles are only so strong, and that's why there's still a lot of these injuries going on and. I mean, they're even thinking about getting rid of uh, you know the kickoff because the special teams just there are too many people getting hurt. Guys going fifty well, miles an hour, you know. You know, and, and that's 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 the reality. Uh, we are talking, looking at the game is very physical, and you know, Ed, well, the thing is, forty years later, you can now see the impact. You know, yeah. we, we I came from an era where you just you just gave it all. You went, you, you lived with your head. You, yep. you you had a little little concussion, just took a little little little, little smelling salts on your nose and kept yeah. going. Yeah. And now we see there's an impact and there's a there's a consequence. So it's, it's, it's good that they're being smart about it. Uh, I just hope we can, in some kind of way, keep the excitement and the competitiveness of the game part of it, and just uh, uh, you know, just make sure we're not you know guys who play without getting hurt if they can. And, uh, and but still, it's a very very physical game. That's what it's about. Did 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 you in your career did you suffer any um, either long term effects or any specific hits that? Well, were I, was, just... I was very I was very fortunate. I think the fact that I was deep into back. Yeah, that helps. I could pick and choose my hits, and I was taught to to always. Uh, you know, look into the hit. So I, I never put my head down, which I, I think helped me. So I, I'm, I just consider myself very, very blessed. I got the best out of the game without being injured long term, which is you can't you can't beat it if you, you can come out of it that way. Yeah, and especially being a defensive back, uh, you know, you're the one who's putting the hits on for the most part, rather than receiving them. So. Yeah, uh, and, and yeah, like you said, you get to kind of pick and choose because um, it, it really—it's just really sad when you see all these, uh, you know, the the really long-term effects. Yeah. Uh, these injuries. I mean, and then, I, I, I've actually lost a few of my friends from that from yeah. the impact, and at the same time, I know for myself, I gained my my confidence, my ability to to to, uh, to 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 run after you know run at fear versus running away from it. All the things I learned out of it came out of the game. So I, I have to say, I was truly blessed. Was able to to pull the best lessons out of it and walk away feeling pretty confident that I. You know that that's an interesting point you just you just made that football helped you kind of learn you know when to be aggressive on things and when to to set back. You don't have to be aggressive on every single uh, part of your life. Yeah. Well, it, the best, the, the greatest lesson, and I learned this uh, in, in high school, is that that you attack fear instead of running away from it. It's there you hard, go. You hit it as hard as you can. And as fast as you can, and when you get in that habit, before you know it, you don't feel quite as much, and you're winning most of your battles. You know what's interesting you mentioned about that is I learned that, believe it or not, rafting. 
uh, we were going through this class. Yeah. Class, yeah. We were going through a, a, a very difficult rapid, and we had to practice uh, for about five minutes, like over and over and over again, before we actually hit the rapid. We, there was a, there was a calm before the storm, so to speak. And I remember the uh, uh, the guy, the guide. He he says, "Listen, you cannot be afraid. Tentative. You can't be tentative. You have to take control of that. I mean, the, the water is still going to take control, but but you have to be aggressive. And when I say paddle, you got to paddle hard. You can't just be afraid because otherwise it'll toss and toss you. And so I made that conscious effort, and and that actually did teach me quite a lot. Hey, Burgess, stay with us one more, just one more quick segment, okay? Yeah. Uh, all right. So here's our last trivia question." What is the only city to win three major sport uh, sports championships in the same year? Okay. What is the only city to win three major sports championships in the same year? Tiddlywinks does not count. All right? Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be back with some closing comments. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next? Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. 
you only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. This is the last time for today. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with our special guest, Burgess Owens. Third trivia question is, what is the only city to win three major sport championships in the same year? Burgess, do you know the answer to that? I'm going to guess Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, Pittsburgh, but... Uh, That's what I would have thought, uh, too. But uh, Philadelphia didn't... Uh, they were, I'm sorry, Philadelphia. The Penguins didn't win that year. But believe it or not, it was... was the Eagles? No, no can you believe this? You ready for this? It goes back a ways. 1935. Detroit. Okay. The Detroit, the Lions, the Lions actually won. There was the championship. There wasn't a Super Bowl back then, but they did win the championship. And then the uh, the Tigers and the Red Wings. Isn't that amazing? Oh. You never. I know. It's, I would say it's kind of a trick it's question, really, but not really. <laughs> boy, you don't realize that kind of stuff. I, I know. I, pretty amazing. So, yeah. Burgess Owens, thank you so much uh, for joining us on Sports Econ 101. It was an absolute pleasure. We'll definitely have to have you on again when Bruce is here because he's a little bit left of center and we'll be respectful, but it ought to be a very interesting uh uh, discussion, so to speak. We'll get into uh, you know a little bit of sports and a little bit of business and a little bit of um, what's going on uh, uh, policy-wise. How's that? <laughs> well, you know, Edward, I, I tell you, the, the way I see and this is, I, I, was brought, I was brought up this way by, by my dad, my mom, uh-huh. but the great thing about Americans is we can talk about anything if we go into it knowing that we can learn something, we can be respectful, and we can come out saying we can, can agree to disagree, but I love that part of who we are, so uh, Bruce, I would look forward to chatting with and just, just giving the audience a chance to, to hear from different ways of, 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 of approaching the same love for our country. For sure. I appreciate that. Okay, here's our thoughts for the day. Knowledge of what is possible is the beginning of happiness. And try to be a rainbow in someone else's cloud. I thought that's kind of sweet. With that sappy thought, we're going to tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. So long.